This is Tiger Woods, and welcome to another golf podcast presented by Bridgestone. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to another episode of another golf podcast where I'm joined by Amelia again. Amelia, welcome back. Thank you, Adam. Glad to be here as always. Yes, and it has been a busy week here oh, yeah. at Bridgestone Golf and inside the golf world as the USGA this week released a proposal for a model local rule. Obviously, we're a big golf ball company, so it's been a pretty busy couple of days here. So we wanted to talk to our listeners and maybe explain the the notice a little bit and talk about our kind of how where Bridgestone stands and all in the middle of this. So Amelia, if you'll kind of give us a rundown of the notice of the proposed model local rule and we'll just kind of make our way through this USGA proposal. Yeah, for sure. So the big news in the golf world this week is the USGA and RNA released a joint statement and proposed a model local rule. MLR is the acronym, if you heard that thrown around. And uh, this rule will change golf ball requirements in elite competition. And it is proposed that the MLR will be for implementation in 2026. So three years from now. Very interesting. Uh, lots of uh, room for discussion in the golf space. So Adam, where does Bridgestone stand on all of this? So Bridgestone, I mean, we've always had an amazing relationship with USGA and RNA, and that relationship is super important to the brand. And we certainly understand their leadership and guidance as a governing body. We're super um, happy that they seem to have left the everyday amateur and recreational player kind of out of this. Um, it's definitely a sounds what to be a bifurcation situation to where elite competitions such as tour pros would have a golf ball that they would play in competition. And as you mentioned, implementation is proposed for um, January of 2026. They are allowing us to provide feedback as an industry leader in the golf ball category. One of the things just I wanted to explain too was the proposed difference in ODS testing and how we test the golf ball. So right now when you do an ODS testing, you set the, the robot up for 120 miles per hour club head speed. It launches at 10 degrees and RPMs is 2520. So the new proposal would stay inside of that total distance standard, which is 317 yards. That's how far the ball can be with the standard deviation up and down of a few yards here and there based on where you go on on your total rounds hit. But moving into this new um, standard, the club head speed would move up 7 miles per hour, which is a pretty significant increase. Launch angle would increase one, go up to 11, and then spin would go down to 2220 um, RPMs. So a more optimized launch conditions, higher launch, lower spin, and then club head speed at that seven miles per hour faster equates to, you know, if you do the quick math, obviously there's some updated launch conditions that also add more distance, you know, a little bit higher launch, less spin. But when you look at that seven miles per hour, that could be like 17 yards to 21, depending on whether you do the math of, say, 
you know, 2.5 yards per miles per hour or three yards per miles per hour, kind of in there. But then you add that launch conditions, like I mentioned, a little bit higher, less spin. That's also optimized. So you're probably picking up a couple more yards from that. So as leaders in the golf ball category, you know, we're all the time innovating, you know, trying to find different designs of dimples and, and, and stuff like that. So there is ways that we can make the golf ball fall inside this standard, this new standard that they're bringing out for the difference in distances that they want to roll the ball back to. So for us, it's definitely something we're going to look at. We're going to do a lot more studying. Um, We've done some studying in the past, but we'll continue to kind of look at the golf ball and how it performs, how it tests, and really kind of work closely with USGA and RNA like we've always done in the past. Yeah, and I think that's what's really cool about the USGA and RNA is they really invite feedback. I know me personally, they've come to me with certain questions, certain staff have called me and asked questions about different proposals they've made or or changes they've wanted to do. I know specifically with, you know, when they're creating this uh, program, kind of national program to help uh, American players, they talk to a lot of, you know, Curtis Cuppers and, and elite players to get feedback. So it's really cool that, you know, this is a proposal. It's not something that is a requirement to go into effect in 2026. It's really a time for, like you said, Adam, people to do more research and studying and really just get more feedback and information on the changes that would need to happen when it comes to ball testing and, you know, ball manufacturing in order for this to end up happening in 2026, this, this proposal. Right. I mean, as leaders kind of in that ball category, rubber polymers, we're, we're a rubber company. Obviously we ladder up to Bridgestone tire and the Bridgestone America's brand. So, you know, rubber and being innovative inside of that space is kind of in our wheelhouse. So it's something that we'll take on head on and work the best we can to make the best golf ball for this elite competition user but then we'll also do what we've always done and we will focus on the consumer as well and try to make the best golf balls for the everyday recreational and consumer um, golfers out there so as the number one ball fitter in golf is very important how the outside of the tour player the recreational player plays the golf ball what performances they need so those are the things that we'll focus on kind of going into this um, proposal and over the next few months as we think of questions and and ideas to kind of throw to the USJ and RNA. So it'll be a very interesting couple months. It's been a very interesting couple days for sure as this information has been out, but looking forward to kind of working with R&D and continue to dive in and making the best golf balls we can for whatever rule does come down the line. But I want to just move into one other item that's super important and, and coming up very soon. Obviously, We've had a great season at Wake. You guys are playing some unbelievable golf, but you have a pretty big event that you and some of your other teammates are going to play in, um, the Augusta National Women's Amateur. Amelia, please enlighten us about how that week goes, what goes through your head, how do you prep for that, how does college golf get you ready to play that event? Just every detail you can about that week and what what kind of is entailed of that. Yeah, I mean... ANWA, which is the acronym for Augusta National Winds Amateur, kind of uh, the name people throw around. It's what the cool people call it, right? (laughs) what the cool people call it. And it just gets bigger and better every year. (laughs) It's 
the last three years, it's been televised just on Saturday. We play two days at Champions Retreat, the nearby course to Augusta National, and then on Saturday we play Augusta National. And this year it's going to be televised all three days, which is really exciting. But Oh, that's great. Yeah, I mean, it's kind of like the Masters, right? I mean, all young boys who are now on the tour and even not on the tour, everyone's everyone has said, this is the putt to win the Masters. And for, for girls, for women, now it's this is the putt to win Anwa. And so, I mean... I'm I can see the the course in my head all the holes and when it comes to my preparation I mean college golf helps so much it's really exciting we just came back from a win actually we played in Augusta in Augusta Georgia Forest Hills uh, golf club and that was our fifth win and which was a program record for regular season we had never won five times in, in regular seasons that was really exciting and but, you guys just squeezed out that win right yes it was we did it, it, it rained <laughs> uh it rained yeah. uh the last day kind of rained out but luckily we had uh, an 11 shot lead after 36 holes so we, we were yeah, able after to, 36 holes to yeah. secure <laughs> that one um our my teammate rachel Keene, she shot 10 under and ended up winning so she kind of led the pack and we all did well enough to to keep us uh well ahead of everyone else so (laughs) that was exciting (laughs) but yeah college golf prepares you so much for just a really high stakes tournament especially you know I've been fortunate to learn how to win um on on the college circuit and when you've been in that winner's circle when you get to a higher stakes event like ANWA then you you have that in your bag uh and finishing runner-up in 2021 you know, I definitely have that itch. I want to, I want to get there and I missed the cut in, in last year in 22. So I want to get there. I want to play well. I want to prove myself that I can, that I can be there and, but just enjoy the whole week. I mean, I'm going to drive down on Sunday and uh, have a whole day of practice Monday and then on Tuesday before the competition starts, there's a chairman's dinner, which is really, really special. Great food. Everyone's dressed really nice. A bunch of members are there. Condoleezza Rice is always there. Obviously, Chairman Ridley is there. And they put on just a big show for us. And then what's really cool is the night before the competition round at Augusta, there's a night at Berkman's place. So we all go to Berkman's oh, place and yes. they just, they put it on for us. I mean, they really do treat us like movie stars. And then, yeah, final round at Augusta, which is a week before the Masters, which is so cool that they did that. It just really shows how much they value women's amateur golf and women's golf having it, having a tournament a week before, you know, the biggest tournament of the year. And then on Sunday, after Anwa finishes, I'll be televising the drive, chip, and putt. So <laughs> I have a full week ahead <laughs> a of me. Busy week. <laughs> So, so that'll be fun. You'll have just one Anwa and you'll go straight into the drive chip and putt and into Masters Week. So I got a good feeling. Uh, we're super excited here at Bridgestone to to kind of watch you play and, and be there that week. We'll be rooting for you. You've had a kind of a great career so far at the Anwa event. Is this going to be like a full career? You're going to play in like 20 of these Anwa events when it's all <laughs> said and done? <laughs> I hope so. That would be amazing. And, and I, I like the way you think. But uh, really excited for our guests that we're going to be talking to today. Avery Dovsik and Ryan Riesbach, World Long Drive members. And it was so cool talking to them. I mean, I oh, haven't... Yes. 
interacted with many people on the world long drive circuit and just learning about their training and their equipment because it's it's different it's it's the same but different to uh a a regular you know 18 hole golfer so it was just very informative and fun to to talk to to these um yeah it's it's so interesting to hear them talk about what is natively the same game in such a different way you know like you said the way they train you know even attack angles the way they swing to the ball like some things that they do it's just it's so cool i don't want to give anything away because they get they dive real deep into kind of the nuances of the world long drive um tour and and kind of what they do so um one thing that we're super connected with the wld is with the e9 long drive and that's our new golf ball that is going to be available as I speak. Um, this ball just launched to retail. We announced it at the PGA show. Um, but the E9 long drive is the ball that is used in competition. It's the official ball of the world long drive. We're super excited about our partnership with them. We've heard so many great stories and feedback from all the participants that have used the ball so far. They just completed their first event in Mesquite. Um, just a few days ago, some great competition to kind of start off the season. There's a huge schedule that's kind of coming down the road. Um, keep your ears open in the pod as Ryan and the guys kind of talk about how you can join the WLD. Um, there's a lot of information. There's an amateur division. So if you're if you're a long driver of the golf ball and you're interested in something like this, you know, check out their schedule on uh, worldlongdrive.com and see if there's something in your region or if it's something you'd like to take a a fun trip and go to one of their events and and participate just keep your eye open for that but without further ado let's get right into it and let's bring on avery and ryan well ryan and avery thank you guys for being on today so happy to have you guys here so um tell us a little bit let's get right out of the gate tell us a little bit about how you got into long drive well i I got into long drive uh the same way that probably 90 percent of guys get in long drive and that somebody tells them that they hit it long and they need to try it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, All right, yeah. there we go. And, and, that, and that really is true. People usually, for some reason, don't want to put themselves out there until they get enough people telling them, you're long, you should get out there and try this. And then they go do it. Once they try it, they fall in love with it. That's mm-hmm. one thing that uh, we see over and over again. Even if they show up and they don't have a very good showing the first time, they come back because they love the the, the competition, the sport, the adrenaline. Um, it's a lot of fun. So if you try it, you might get hooked. Yeah. How long was long, Ryan, when you were playing and people were coming up to you and telling you that? Like how far at that time were you hitting it? So I was kind of a just a weekend warrior golfer. And I started back in 2010 um, competing in long drive. And I, I didn't have an idea of what people normally hit. And with a baseball background, I, I, I kind of had that explosive movement. And so when I would go play, I just – kind of assumed that was normal and I didn't pay attention that I was always you know 50 60 70 yards further than the people I was playing with so but normally you know it depends there's a lot of things that people take into account but but typically if you're you know 330 plus wherever you're at that's pretty good Mm. yeah I'd say so yeah yeah, yeah. (laughs) Avery what about you my story is a little different Um, I grew up in Southern California and my family actually struggled with a lot of financial hardships in high school Um, And I was funding myself through golf. I was taught through YouTube. And I would actually bet older men for buckets of balls on the range to try to pay for it to see if I can outdrive them. 
uh, and that was always a lot of fun. And I would definitely scout my target before I'd choose my <laughs> yeah, for yeah. sure. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's um, awesome. But yeah, it was kind of uh, something like that to get buckets of balls to save money. And then as I went through college, I started sucking at putting quite a bit. And (laughs) uh, I was like, I need a break. So my senior year of college, I entered like a local Metropolitan Golf Association long drive competition. And uh, I ended up winning it, which was only like 280 something. It was not very long. Um, And then I played my normal golf season. So I took time off a long drive, um, decided in... Uh, like basically the beginning of August that I was going to compete in the world championships in Tokyo trained pretty hard really quickly for that. Um, and ended up just falling in love with it and realized I really want this in my life. And it's a great sector for me, um, for fitness and golf and it's high energy and it's everything that I felt golf was lacking for me. Yeah. Yeah. You, you both guys both just said it, but I'd like for you, I want to kind of hear what that exactly means. You said something about it kind of gets your juices flowing from a competitive standpoint. Like, can you describe that? Like, what's what's that moment feel like? And how's it different than golf? Like, coming down 18 and being one back from your buddies? Yeah, I mean, I think high school golf was cool because you have nine-hole matches. So mm-hmm. it's about two and a half hours, three if you're with a group of girls who are just killing you. But it's very short. And you have a you know short amount of time to make something happen. And I grew up playing competitive volleyball. And so when I took that team aspect away and I had that, you know, yelling, screaming, you know, high-fiving after each play or whatever that may be. Yeah. I mean, it was really tough for me to then switch to college golf where it's quiet. Mm -hmm. It takes forever. um, And it really is trusting your patience. And it's very similar to golf. I mean, you know, you do go through the same mental struggles and some days you're mentally blocked out and whatever. But I think the high energy um, of the sport is addicting and you can never replicate the shakiness you feel on the tee. At least I can't. Um, you probably are a little bit more of a seasoned veteran when it comes to it, but (laughs) definitely, um, you know, your adrenaline's pumping. I learned to not take pre-workout before you go hit. That's a horrible idea. (laughs) Um, But yeah, no, it's definitely something you can't simulate in normal golf or even just on the range. It's a definitely a fierce competitive, uh, environment. Yeah. I think a few factors are there's a time element, right? So Mm -hmm. you have two and a half minutes to hit six golf balls. Um, If you don't have any balls in play and you're running out of golf balls, that in itself just adds Mm. tremendous pressure. The other thing is, too, is the guys that you're competing against, the other players are on the tee box right next to you. So you're feeding off of their emotion. If somebody hits a ball really well and then the crowd erupts, you – you know, you weren't the one that hit that ball. Oh, okay. So now you're like, okay, oh, I've got to step it up. And so that, to me, those two <clears throat> elements really add to it. Uh, and then the other thing is when you get out there, rarely ever are you just like trying to control the swing like mm-hmm. you maybe would in, in golf. You're trying to oh, yeah. keep the tempo smooth and easy. No, you're, you're trying to make that explosive athletic move to get as much out of your body and your equipment as you can. So I think that it's it's more on the extreme uh, side of the scale, I guess. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Kind of releasing everything, exactly. letting, it, letting it fly, rather than the golf course is very confined and you're maybe guiding the ball around. Yeah, so. you have like a, a shot. Okay, I know this won't go left. I'm just going to bunt it down the fairway. Yeah, yeah. You don't need to worry about that. We'll be right back. Hey, this is Avery Dovsek, World Long Drive Athlete. If you're looking for extreme ball speed and maximum distance, try the new Bridgestone E9 Long Drive. The E9 is the first ball ever co-designed with World Long Drive athletes, and it's the official ball of World Long Drive. But the best thing about the E9 is it's going to be long for the average golfer, and it's available at retail. 
It's the ball you'll take out for the long drive hole and a scramble and want to play the rest of the round. Now back to the show. Uh, that brings me to another question swing-wise. What is different about your swings as long drivers rather than a PGA or LPGA player who's you know, trying to get that combination of accuracy and distance? Um, Avery, we'll start with you. Yeah, so I used to have the nickname Noodle because I looked like I swung a golf club like one of those inflatables in front of a car dealership. <laughs> okay. And it was super unorthodox, unorthodox. I never had lessons, and I would always take it way back, way too far. Um, I never felt like I was. But then when I transitioned in a long drive, my bad swing habits were becoming somewhat acceptable, mm-hmm. which was kind of cool. Like, you know, taking it past, you know, parallel, yeah, getting yeah. super high and around. And I think it's really cool to – now you're contorting your body in a different way where you're setting yourself up to load power. Um, I'm super into the gym. I lift all the time. And it's really cool to me to be able to put some of that work I do in the gym to use in the golf swing. Um, we're working on a lot of different things right now that feels like I'm learning a new language, even though it's slightly different than what I've been doing. It just feels very different. Um, so I think definitely using your body in a way to create more power is so similar but so vastly different i would say yeah i like i like the extreme side of it so when it comes to training you're you're trying to get stronger get faster the only way to get faster and stronger is to push yourself right mm-hmm. lift lift a little more <clears throat> do more box jumps more explode swing harder swing faster so i like that side of it and i think in golf everybody wants to hit the ball further uh, but but to a point right they want to keep it in play and we have six right. balls to hit which is different right you're you're penalized heavily in golf if you miss it 40 yards mm-hmm. into the woods, right? And in long drive, it's not that significant of a penalty. You just go to the next ball. So, so the the ability to push it to the extreme uh, is different. You're still trying to stay fluid. I think that's one thing that that we've discovered um, as we've studied. My coach Bobby Peterson and I. Um, he would know this much better <coughs> than I would. But I've found that I'm the fastest when I'm loose mm-hmm. and fluid. Mm-hmm. But when I and, and this was similar to when I played, you know, baseball in college and high school. When I tried to really gear up and ramp up, a lot of times I would slow down. I felt mm-hmm. like I was moving yeah. faster, and I wasn't. So you still have to maintain the fluidity in the swing, uh, good tempo, loose muscles, be comfortable, and make that an athletic move. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. You talked about some exercises that you do in the gym, box jumps. What are some other specific things that maybe people can pick up if they want to? practice some of that yeah, please power tell me how speed. i can hit it longer yeah. now please <laughs> well I'll, I'll take this one i guess first and we'll let avery because she's she's into fitness probably a lot more than i am but for me i found that lifting a lot of heavy weights makes me slower it causes me to bulk up so i try to do uh lighter weights more reps but uh more flexibility and movement so i like the um you know plyometric type of things where i'm I like the jumping or even the jumping off of something and catching yourself. Because right. um, you, you can only swing the club as fast as you can stop the club. Otherwise, right. you'll injure yourself, right? So your body subconsciously knows that it, it can't overswing. It'll get in trouble. So you have to, you have to you know, train the slowdown part of the swing, mm-hmm. too. And so I do a lot of flexibility and core, core workout type stuff where I'm trying to keep my back strong. Um, you know, my glutes, um, I tend to get a lot of knots in my neck and shoulders when I swing too much. So I'm always trying to work and stay flexible and 
keeping you know keeping the knots or using a foam roller type of thing. So I spent a lot of time doing that. Uh, now Avery, <laughs> I'm going to disagree a little bit. So <laughs> I'm going to stir the pot. Uh, I do exactly all those things. I do plyometrics. I do a ton of flexibility, a ton of core. Foam rolling's my best friend. Um, all that stuff, but that should be a staple in any fitness routine in my. If you're an athlete, you should be doing that across all sports. Um, your comment about getting bulky. <laughs> I think that's a very big misunderstanding in terms of putting on lean muscle is different than putting on when you're not really closely. Like, I really closely weigh my food when I'm in that kind of building phase, and I make sure that I don't want to put on too much size. So I guess the point, and it's a very fine line, and I know Kyle Berkshire and I have discussed about this a lot, is that he found when he was leaner, he got a little faster. Mm-hmm. Um, but then he also felt that sometimes when he was a little bigger – he was also putting more speed. It, it's a whole weird thing, and it's yeah. different to each person. Mm-hmm. Um, but for me, I do a ton of compound lifts. I think for me, um, you know, even when I'm deadlifting, that short explosive lift up um, is similar, a little bit in explosiveness to the golf swing. Um, I do a lot of um, deadlifts with a jump. Um, I'm trying to – a trap bar deadlift. Oh, yeah, yeah. So you're grabbing it from the ground, and you're jumping up. So that's a great way to combine those plyometrics – and a little bit of strength. And now you don't want to overdo it and hurt yourself. But I think it's really important to do focus on adding size. And you have more history in the sport. So maybe I'm going to reach. The I got a lot of size there. already. That's, <laughs> that's, that's might, probably part of my problem. I might so. reach the downfall. Yeah. But um, yeah, it's definitely finding that fine line. And it's different to every person. But for me, I definitely feel like the stronger I am, the faster I am, the more endurance I have um, all around. If I could, you know, lift up 300 pounds for multiple reps in the gym, I could hit a lot of golf balls pretty sure like <laughs> yeah and i think the key to what you said there's is everybody's a little different yeah right and so you have to figure out we've got people that are short and squatty and mm-hmm. really strong and mm-hmm. tall skinny everything in between and so you have to figure out how you leverage your body against the ground best and explode just like the golf swing everybody's yep. is a little different so yeah, yeah. How do you guys balance the lower body versus upper body? Because, I mean, everybody tries to skip leg day, right? But it's so important <laughs> to the swing. You know, everybody tries to do back and twist in the gym. But, like, how do you kind of weigh those two things? Uh, Avery, go ahead. Sorry. I, I stick to, like, a really strict split. So mm-hmm. I have push-pull okay. legs. Or I have push-pull off, legs push off. Like, it just yeah. it's two mm-hmm. days on, one day off. Uh, it's a non-negotiable. There's no option. There's no so, like day skip. <laughs> you, you don't skip. You just do it. If you want it bad enough, you you do it. Right, um, right. I love upper body day and shoulders. You know, I that's leg day is definitely not my favorite. I get it done because I have to, but upper body day is for sure where it's at. I feel like if you stick to a consistent routine, you're not going to have that problem of balancing it out. Mm-hmm. Um, and you know, aesthetically, you'll be able to see what's happening as well mm-hmm. in terms of how the ball is moving your speeds, and then plus what you're looking at in the mirror. Yeah, and I, I do, like I said, I do a lot of box jumps, a lot of step up, step down, um, jumps off the box, catching myself. Um, I don't have a problem doing legs. In fact, I've incorporated cycling a lot now. Mm-hmm. That was a part of my routine yeah. where I'll you know, ride the bike for 20 to 30 minutes. I do this. It looks goofy in the gym, but I ride the elliptical, or I, I get on the elliptical, and I go forward and backward. I wrote, as That's I so go good through. for impact on your <clears> knees, though. And, and I don't hold on to anything. And and that you'll be surprised how much that works your core. Wow. Yeah. So that's that actually is, don't tell anybody I said that. That's that's my favorite. So, <laughs> All right. Yeah. Well, we might need some footage of that. Yeah. yeah. Um, but, it's good on the impact because you hear so many guys yeah. and women saying, you know, I have knee problems, I have yeah. back problems, yeah. 
And it's like when you're doing those elliptical movements mm-hmm. or you're inclined walking on a treadmill, I mean, that's so good on the health of your knees and your and your body. Mm-hmm. You're not pounding the road. Pum, yeah. Pum, pum, yeah. I mean, there's a time and a place for that for sure. But if you're watching it, like there's no reason, you know, you can't get on elliptical and not, you know, feel that ground force mm-hmm. and make it worse. Let's talk a little bit about the partnership with the WLD. We're super excited about that. You guys helped us develop the E9 golf ball, the E9 long drive. So first, let's talk about the golf ball and what you guys experienced at the World um, Championships in Vegas. First of all, I would say it was typically as long drivers, we, we have egos sometimes, right? And a lot of times players, instead of looking inwardly at maybe how they could have hit the ball better, they sometimes blame things. No, golfers No way. And, and I would say we we had like zero complaints about the golf ball, which is very rare. So first of all, it was widely accepted by players. Um, so the performance was really good. Um, what I what I like about it is I feel like it is a very fair ball. Mm-hmm. In that, if it's too soft, it it penalizes the faster swings right if it's too hard then it, it kind of leaves the slower swings that are more technical and flight the ball mm-hmm. better uh behind a little bit so i liked how it was a very fair ball um and it feels really good when you hit it because as you know typically with golf balls uh, when you're trying to get a distance ball you get something that's really hard right and there's no feel right it doesn't you know when it hits the club face the impact and, and that's different for everybody right what, what feel is but but i like the way that it, it felt and my observations as someone who is, is not just in the competition but also, you know, running and helping to, to carry out the competition is that um, it seemed like there were more balls in play, and, mm-hmm. and the ball just seemed to fly really well. The true true flight, I guess, is kind of a, the way I would look at it. So I, I thought it performed tremendously, and I, my perspective is we, we couldn't be happier with with the uh, with Bridgestone and, and and helping to develop the ball, that was awesome too because we've never had anybody come to us and say, you know, help us test this ball. What help. do you need? Yeah. What's yeah. the good characteristics of a spec right. that you guys would want? Yeah, yeah. yeah. And, and we learned things, you know, talking with some of the some of the uh, you know key developers of the golf ball. Uh, some of the things that we thought were a certain way weren't actually mm-hmm. that way when we when we we got down to the nitty gritty. Right. And so it was kind of a learning experience for us, but but being able to test the ball at that high level, doing things that that you can't do with a cannon, right, or a robot. So it it was tremendous. I thought the experience was great all around working with a Bridgestone. No, I think it's good to create a golf ball that's so universal that can uh, be a great asset to both different kinds of players. I think that's really important to have a, a ball the majority feels comfortable with and not having that battle or, like you said, blaming factors that maybe aren't some to blame mm-hmm. yeah. <laughs> yeah yeah if you if you make it too spinny then it really you know a really firm ball sometimes spins too much right that's kind of the specification how it leans so you have to have that good balance of like you know if it is a ball that's made really predominantly for the characteristics of driving it a long way you still have to kind of keep spin at bay but then you still want that smash factor to still be way up there because you want that ball velocity mm-hmm. kind of follow that track yeah, and when you're when you're increasing that club head speed, that impact is so much more. It exaggerates the spin, right? So that mm-hmm. you know, we we had conversations about how to try and lower the spin as much as possible, so right. that, that we could still get a good ball flight uh, without trying to manipulate the equipment in other ways to get it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and you you mentioned balls on the grid that just translates into our everyday consumer who wants to hit the ball in the fairway, and so we want to design this golf ball to have really high ball velocity. 
but also playability on the golf course. So it translates even well when you pull it off of the way you guys hit the ball so far and kind of to the everyday golfer and how they're going to play golf. So super excited that about that. You know, the feedback you guys gave us, all the data was so used by R&D to kind of create the specification, and we, we're super excited about even working with you more. Yeah, you know, w- one of the observations that I had, and I don't have any data to back this up other than just what I saw, but it, it, it seemed like the ball would fly more straight. And, mm-hmm. and the reason that's important is, you know, you have, you have backspin, right, that relates to how the ball will move upward in, right. in the flight, right? But you also have side spin, mm-hmm. and the, the spin axis of the ball will affect how it falls. But when you're swinging 145-mile-an-hour-plus club head speed and you miss hit it and, it, and and it's going to the right or to the left, it really, when you're doing long drive, it really goes right and left. Right. It's, yeah. it's really Accentuates bad. it, yeah. And it, it seemed like we didn't have nearly as much of that. Like it, it, it would kind of fly, it would fly straighter. I don't know right. any mm-hmm. other way to say it, but it seemed like it would fly straighter than what I'd seen with other golf balls, which is a tremendous, I don't know what the engineers did, yeah, yeah, but, <laughs> yeah. but me personally, I really appreciated that. Yeah. And speaking of that, there's probably wanted to ask you guys this question from the moment you sat down, but I'm curious. I don't know much about how far long drivers hit the ball compared to, I only know, you know, what's long just from college or LPGA standpoint, but how far do you guys hit it? And what is your club head speed or ball speed, whatever? Um, you go first. Oh, all right. I'll tell you. So this is, uh, it's different because we get this okay. question a lot. People yeah. right, will right. call up and say, Hey, I've never done long drive. And I, I hit it. Where know, do I need to be? Yeah, this yeah. far. And I remember seeing results of competitions before I started long drive. I started investigating, you know, couldn't I do this? And I would see there was a competition where guys were hitting like 430 yards. Mm-hmm. Wow. And I'm like, I don't even know. Do I hit it that far? And I went up to the driving range and I was hitting it like 365 mm-hmm. where I was from. And, uh, you know, it, it all depends okay. on conditions. And that can be the elevation. It can be the wind, how hard the ground is, how hot the air temperature is so a lot of those factors so really you just have to say you know where you're at you know you've you've got to kind of start comparing yourselves but typically if you're somewhere at sea level and there's no wind you know like a a 330 or 40 yard drive is pretty good Mm -hmm. pretty darn good if you're in denver and you're you've got a tailwind um you know 450 yards isn't all that great yeah i mean it's good but it's you know it's it could be beat that's so interesting very individual which i mean when you go play golf at different yeah. golf courses, it's a, it's the same thing. So that that's interesting. Yes, yeah, so you just take that into consideration as best you can. The best way to do it is just to come out and compete. That's the, I I can't stress that enough. Is just come out and try it. Ryan, you love it. What's your longest drive in competition ever? No matter, I don't care about elevation, nothing. Uh, four eighty five. Wow, just a casual five hundred yards. <laughs> yeah. No, no wow, hits on the cart path, just straight four eighty five. <laughs> you have to dial it back on some par fours when you play on the course. Yeah, really. Now, I think it's also important to note, like, if you take some time off from hitting, like, for instance, like, when I was training for Japan, and I was training every day, I really got quick, and then when I took some time off after, I was just not so quick. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, now yeah. we're making some um, changes in the swing, and it's slowly, like, building up speed again, but it definitely is something that, if you don't stick with it and practice all the time, you're going to fall back into normal golf habits at least in my book because you go play a few rounds and you're not grinding and it's you're not trying to swing out of your shoes all the time and you're 
you definitely slow down. At least I do. Um, I don't know if that's normal, but um, now I'm at a point where it's like, all right, that's enough. Or yeah. it's game on. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So what's your longest drive, Avery? Right now it's like 338, but I'm dying to go yeah. compete in yeah. some elevation right now. Yeah. Yeah. I'm really excited for Mesquite. Uh-huh. Yeah, that all like I said, all that stuff matters because you're you're fast enough to i've seen you compete i I, I witnessed it she's a solid competitor all the way around so you know if uh i I wouldn't have any hesitation saying that you're gonna do very well this year so (laughs) i hope i mean i i have the work ethic and i i want it really bad and i think that'll get me pretty far i'm excited i hope to surprise myself definitely you know it's important you you said that because i've seen people make big strides two months, mm-hmm. six months into it, and their club head speed goes up 10, 12, 15 miles per hour. Mm-hmm. And so because you're not there yet right now, I mean, that's part of what I love about Long Drive is the journey mm-hmm. of self-improvement, working on you know what your, you know, certain things, your fitness or your ball flight, uh, learning the equipment, how to, you know, what works best for you. All of that stuff's part of the journey, but you can make strides uh, in a short amount of time. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I'll give it this example, too. It was at One Stop Power Shop, Bobby Peterson's place, a couple of weeks ago. And we hit a ton of balls, and we're learning new things. And I was, I think I hit 109 once. It was rough. Your girl was upset. Yeah. Uh, and then I come back, took a couple of days off, let my hands, like, recover from bleeding. And <laughs> <laughs> um, hit a few balls. And, you know, he has me going three days in a row. And every day I was getting a little faster. Mm-hmm. So first day I was like chilling at like 108, 109, right? And I, I the third day I would hit 110, but like not super often. Right. Take a couple of days off, do it again. Okay, first day I started hitting 110 a, a way more often, way right. more often than the first time. Um, so then I hit 111, and now I'm kind of floating around there right now again. But it's super interesting. Just I mean we're making a lot of good changes, but how. It really can change week to week yeah. if you're right. putting in the effort. And, um, yeah, I think if that's what's happening in such a short amount of time, what's going to happen over the course mm-hmm. of this year? It's mm-hmm. going to be very exciting. Yeah. So well, speaking of competing, um, let's talk about the majors this year and kind of like where your excitement level is with those. And i um, super excited that you guys are have some <clears throat> really cool majors, and one of them is going to culminate in Atlanta where it's close to us. So we're excited to see you guys there. Yeah, our we're jazzed about our schedule. <laughs> That's I sound like an old. Girl, right? <laughs> we're uh, my jazz hands came out. Yeah, there and, we go. Uh, you know, but we're we're so excited that it's going to be back on TV. So mm-hmm. we'll have a televised event in uh, Tennessee. We'll have a televised event in Oceanside, California, uh, and then back to Atlanta for mm-hmm. the World Championships. All three of those events will be televised on Golf Channel. Uh, so we're we're super excited to be back on TV, and then we have the the tour leading up to it will be live streamed on our World Long Drive uh, YouTube channel, and and so it, we'll be out there. People can find us and see us, see what's happening, and follow along. Uh, but we're really excited. Added, we've added events, two more events than we had mm-hmm. uh, previously, and just a lot of really good things happening on Long Drive right now. Yeah, I think it's it feels a little not real to me because back when long drive was on tv and i i've watched it for years i don't think you guys know how long i've actually been following the sport but um and then when it went off tv i was really upset because i was finally at the age where i could do it um and i was really fired up and then it was off tv and you know i am so excited i think that the schedule's awesome um i think atlanta is going to be epic ending in atlanta um changing things up a bit and it feels 
honestly unreal because I didn't think it was going to happen ever again. And yeah. I had a lot of people right. telling me, some people in the long drive world who were losing hope completely that yeah. it would never reach the level um, that it would. And now it's going to be born and it's disrupting the sport and it's not mm-hmm. going to be a do-over. It's going to be done a lot better. Yeah. Yeah. I'm, I'm so excited to watch long drive. I remember a couple years ago being at a, at a bar and they were playing it and I never seen long drive on TV and it was, it was the coolest thing. I mean, I think it yeah. really, it really will rally more people, I think, to just get into golf in general. But one question that I, I don't know, um, is how, how do you qualify for a long drive tournament? So in our open division, we've got a three-stage qualifying process. So we call it the first stage local qualifying, and uh, that's the that's probably the entry point for most long drivers mm-hmm. where they show up. Uh, we usually have like an hour-long session. Uh, players sign up. They hit six balls. We take the longest, uh, you know, seven players typically is what will happen into a stage two, the regional event, which is actually going to be the, later that day. We usually used to do it, it would be the day after, Right. Uh, but now we have that on-site qualifying stage one, and then in the morning, in the afternoon, we do the regional event. And typically, we're going to send probably f- you know five players to the world championship from that regional event. So all eight of our our non-televised tour events this year will have that qualifying process, and we're in the process now of adding off-site local qualifying. So our goal is to really get long drive out to the people <coughs> taking it to them so that it, it it reduces a lot of the cost of travel so mm-hmm. you could qualify locally you know somewhere and then go to the regional event and and uh, qualify for the world championship so there's grassroots qualifying there and then we have an exemption process too so that if you're uh, you know one of the top competitors you're not competing against those uh, mm-hmm. newer right. players or players that are trying to break into it so and then we also have a, a process where we work with our international affiliates, uh, you know, around the world. Um, that's one of the things that we're really uh, focused on developing, taking it to, you know, like, for example, Golf Zone uh, GDR is a company in, in South Korea that they do indoor centers. Uh, they have the equipment, the, the tracking systems themselves, and they have their own indoor centers. And we've partnered with them to do qualifying in South Korea. So they're going to send mm. their three top long drivers in South Korea to our world championship. So you're going to get a real international feel at our at our championship events. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I think the beautiful thing is when I competed in Japan, there's so many language bar- barriers. And it, it was definitely hard to communicate with the players and people are coming from all around the world. But it's amazing when you get that many people together who share a common interest, mm-hmm. how it really doesn't feel like there's a language barrier. Yeah. Right. Like there is, but you're still rooting for the same thing. The language you're still is upset golf. over the same things. Right? Like, you know, you know, everyone's disappointed. There's a lot of emotions going mm-hmm. around, but it's amazing how that barrier was completely broken by the sport of long drive. Yeah. That's fascinating. We've, we've also got amateur uh, as one of the divisions that we've added recently that uh, we feel is important to get new new players, not just in the qualifying process, but also competing uh, in a tour-style event to prep them for the open division. Um, that We have the ladies' division and the senior division, which is 45-plus. So mm-hmm. several different ways. Uh, you know, if you're thinking about doing it, you could, you could come be a part of it. Uh, it's a lot of fun. Like I said earlier, you just got to come out and try it. If you right. know somebody that hits it long, tell them to get out here and try it. Join it. Be part of the community. Uh, we have a membership system where you can be a part of the a community member. And so go to worldlongdrive.com. Check it out. A lot of, st- a lot of stuff's going to keep just rolling out mm-hmm. as, as the season goes on. So 
So yeah. they can register everything at that address you just gave. Yep. To get in. Awesome. What do you think, Adam? You're gonna register? <laughs> <laughs> you long Man, enough? What was that senior division? Jeez, <laughs> uh, getting close to that. Well, thank you guys for giving us some time and discussing the E9 and Bridgestone partnership, as well as the amazing things you guys got coming down the road from WLD. We're super excited about the golf ball, but then also excited about the events coming up. You're going to be in Atlanta, which is right down the road from us. Like we said, we're excited to come out and support it and see you guys. Yeah. Well, thank you both Ryan and Avery for sitting down with us and good luck in your season. We'll, we'll be rooting for you. Yeah. Best of luck guys. Thanks for having us. Thank you. Well, it was so good hearing all those intricate details about how they train for the world long drive, what goes into it, you know, obviously talking about some of the equipment, the golf ball that they all use. It was just so cool hearing the differences and kind of what they do from, from a player like Avery to a participant like Ryan. Yeah. And what I thought was really neat was when Avery was talking about how she got into long drive, she mentioned, you know, people would criticize or try to critique her swing because it was too long and this and that. And (laughs) then when she entered into the world of long drive, she really fit in with that space. And Ryan and Avery talked about how there's music, there's a big crowd, it's very energetic. Obviously, the format's very different. So it was just really interesting to hear their personal stories with how they got into world long drive right yeah it was i mean we kind of talked about this off the mic a little bit before but the format is super interesting how it's a little more head to head yeah the way they do it versus in the past you kind of got up you had the stage to yourself you kind of hit the balls as far as you can and then the second person they kind of knew what they had to do i mm-hmm. i i like this format a little better I think you were saying, describing it earlier, they do the four and then they, once they get down to the end, it's a head to head kind of competition. And I I like that. I think that's really cool. It kind of makes you feel like a pitcher batter situation in a baseball game to where it's like you versus the other guy, you know, versus like, oh, if I get drawn second, I know exactly the number I have to hit, which can give the advantage to the second guy in some ways um, if they know they can gear it up. But Love the competition, love the format. It's high energy. It kind of matches right with our E9 long drive. That golf ball is, like I mentioned at the beginning, is is currently out right now. Um, dropped either today or a few days ago, depending on when you're listening to this. The E9 long drive features a huge gradational core that is designed for like maximum speed, maximum velocity. It's that golf ball that fits that world long drive person to a T. It's really designed for long distance, extreme speed. So we're, we're excited about the golf ball. These guys, the WLD helped us make it. They basically co-designed this golf ball with R&D based on their feedbacks, uh, the feedback they had on performances, launch angles, what kind of spin package they need on the golf ball to perform at those high speeds. So it was so fun working with those guys throughout this and it's so amazing this year, this event that just happened, seeing the ball in competition and seeing it being used. So it's super excited for that. Yeah, I watched a little bit 
of the world long drive on YouTube trying to find Avery and Ryan. Luckily, Avery had this bright purple outfit on, so she was a lot easier to see than Ryan when I, when I was looking. But it was so cool to yeah. see just the Bridgestone logo and having Bridgestone represent world long drive. And it's really exciting to see the promotion getting back into televising world long drive and just getting absolutely getting that to become more of something that consumers are watching because it is very exciting and something that people people love to watch men and women hit the ball far <laughs> so nothing better yeah. than you know watching the world long drive so it, it was just a just a great it's a great addition to to golf i think it includes more people because it makes gives another avenue that's more interesting for you know an everyday consumer and obviously gets people interested in the bridgestone ball as well absolutely and we've got an exciting couple months we have televised world long drive events that are coming up soon we have anwa that's coming soon that you're playing in the masters right around the corner so it's going to be a great spring season that we're looking forward to. All of our balls are kind of on shelf now, so go check them out. Yeah, and we are also looking forward to our next couple of guests that will be very oh, yes. exciting. So stay tuned. And until next time on another golf podcast presented by Bridgestone. <laughs> Another Golf Podcast is presented by Bridgestone's new line of Tour B golf balls with a Reactive IQ cover. Reactive IQ is a smart cover technology that reacts to the force of impact. It rebounds quickly on tee shots, delivering explosive velocity and increased distance. And around the green, the Reactive IQ cover stays on the face longer, providing more spin and control. Bridgestone Golf is the pioneer and industry leader in ball fitting, and the four new models of Tour B are designed to ensure every golfer is playing the right ball for their game. The Tour BX and XS models are ideal for players with driver swing speeds over 105 miles per hour, and the RX and RXS were created for golfers with driver swing speeds under 105 miles per hour. To find the right ball for your game, go to BridgestoneGolf.com and click Find My Ball to go through the online ball selector guide. Bridgestone Golf, the number one ball fitter in golf.